This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Um, well, I can tell you about how my start or my crying jag started this week. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Your> what? <laughs> my crying jag. Like I have been, it's just been like, uh, you know, we've been back and forth with tough weeks all through core, but this week mine started off with the joy luck club, which I fucking love that movie. And in every way it makes me so happy. But at the same time, I'm, when I tell you I'm sobbing watching it, I'm telling you, like, snot out of my nose, crying so hard, because I, it's just, I, I fucking love that movie so much. I've never seen yeah. it. It's I've so good. I've never seen it. And I have the book, and I've never read it. Also a great oh, book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my week was, like, I'm just, like, numb this week. I've, I feel like I've been, like, traveling through molasses. Like, What? You know, I can relate. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've, I've I went through my cycle and like last week was my super bummer week where I was not only very sad and crying over absolutely everything, but also pissed off at fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like mad and sad last week. And this week I feel OK. Like I feel like I may like I'm back to normal but i also know that this is a cycle and it's going to i just ended my my shit part so now i'm in Mm -hmm. the good part again and it's going to slowly work its way back around over the next month like i'm sure so i just miss people so much i miss my friends so much it's not even i miss people because there's plenty of people people. around here yeah yeah Yeah. people um Uh, there was all kinds of people in my pool yesterday Oh my God, I know. That's so fucking crazy. (laughs) And I do not have a big pool. It's just wild to me that there's like literally five people hanging around at our pool. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I I really do think we're getting into that point where people are just over it. And unfortunately, like we need everyone to just like stay the course, Mm -hmm. stay strong for the next month. Uh, but people are over it and they're they're human beings weren't meant to live like this for extended periods of time. Um, you know, so there's that. But it's all gonna be okay. We're gonna get through it. We still have each other. We have this awesome community too. I have to tell you, the Facebook mm-hmm. group, I know people who are not in the Facebook group, one, what are you doing? But two, they're probably <laughs> what fucking sick of us talking about it on here. They're like, shut up. Um, Dude, speaking of, did you guys see that that Facebook post, uh, the story from Reddit about the chick whose husband like tricked her into a marriage and kids and stuff? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's not where I thought you were going. No. Okay. So somebody posted this on our Facebook group and it's from Reddit. And this chick is like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. First of all, I met my husband through a coworker. He used to come out for happy hour 
um, he was friends of a coworker. And so like, you know, he wasn't really my type, but I went through this like terrible like phase of dating and I was just at a really low point. So I agreed to go out on a date with him and I kind of wasn't feeling it, but like eventually she falls in love with him. They get married. They have two wonderful kids, happy life five years later. So he gets drunk one night over Zoom with his brother. And his brother's like, I got engaged and I owe it all to you, man. Thanks so much for the advice. And she's like, (gasps) what is he talking about? So I guess he then spills the beans about this master plan. He found her photo on a dating site years ago and reached out to her and she never responded. So then motherfucker like finds her Facebook, finds out where she works, befriends a coworker, creates a shit ton of dating profiles to match with her and then like not meet up with her so that her self-esteem is really low. (gasps) Then here's the kicker, pays a really hot model to match with her. She goes on a date with him and, he pays him to reject her. So she's then low enough. Her self-esteem is low enough to give a relationship with him a chance. Can you fucking believe they that? They got divorced, right? Dude, I, I did not see any update. She's like, I don't know what to do. She's like, because I thought my marriage was like happy and I, I am happy, but... I do not know if I have words. There's for not this. enough happiness because this guy watched like, way I, too I, many rom coms. Because I can see the argument that he would make with, would be like, "Well, our happiness is real. Our marriage is real. Our family is real. It just didn't start off that way." But ba- I, I was like, is, "This is you. This is the is, show. Yes, you. Thank yes. you, Joe and Goldberg." There is no amount. I could never trust this person again. We would have to get divorced. We would have to get divorced. Yeah. Like, I just don't see, I don't see how you. Well, we definitely have to go to therapy. There's no bare, way around bare it. Bare minimum. Bare, bare minimum. minimum. But like, yeah. Because that's I don't hard know. to grapple. Like, where, what was lies? What have been lies? What is your, well, your entire relationship's is, beginning was a lie. This is a But person, does that mean everything else? But this is a person who felt like they needed to beat you down. Yep. Mm. For you to be with them. And I don't know if I want to be with somebody like that. Like yeah. because at it your says core, everything about their at your core, this is who you are. And also I can assume that they haven't completely changed because what advice did he give his brother? What was right. the advice? Right. I'm assuming it was something similar. To like So trick, I'm just like so you didn't think you don't feel any remorse or guilt about what you did to me. Nope. Because you were totally fine with doing it to another woman if it meant that your brother could have what he wanted. Like is, that is mm, disgusting. Isn't that the craziest shit you've ever heard? Because I'm like, this Awful. cannot be true. That's somebody that wow. literally like planned for months. No, I'd be like, worried about what else that person was capable of. Right? Exactly. Like fucking Israel Keys over here, you know. Damn, that's, that's the kind of person damn. who you could brought have in a, Israel. That's the kind of person who could have a second family, and you wouldn't know. Yep, exactly, exactly. That's insidious. That's some wild shit. Yeah, 
I, I was Don't like, like that. <laughs> I had to tell you guys about it because it it got posted this morning. I was like, well, I hope they didn't. You know see what? It. Men have not men, but people in relationships have got to be careful about out outing themselves like that and acting up like that during the quarantine because mm-hmm. people's nerves are thin mm-hmm. right now, dude. Someone is going to snap. You can't do that. It's just thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, I have a question for you guys. I have a question for you guys because this is something that just happened this morning. So Anthony is obsessed with listening to Dateline podcasts. It's all he does. Like he cleans and listens to the Dateline podcast. And he was listening to one that I had listened to already before. It's actually a good crazy in love. Maybe I'll do it sometime in the future. But so what happened was it was like these two teenagers. They um, they were like, we're going to escape together to Canada or whatever and so they took a plane and the plane went down in Minnesota in like uh, in water right and so the girl dies and the guy escapes and then he creates a complete new identity and they don't find him for like 25 years I feel like I know this yeah it's it's an incredible story but so we're listening to it is it it real or was this on like a it's real it's a dateline yeah, it's real. Okay, that's where I heard it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so, no, you're good. So when they finally catch him, he is explaining what happened. And he's like, so the plane went down. She got like stuck and I couldn't get her out. And so I I got out and somehow miraculously his bag full of like money and clothes floated to the surface. And he was like, all right, well, I guess I'm out of here. You know, mm-hmm. and so Anthony was like, Anthony paused the dateline. He was sweeping, paused the dateline, stopped sweeping. And he looked at me and he was like, if this were to happen to us, he was like, if you don't die with me trying to save me, I would haunt the fuck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I countered that by saying, listen. Listen, because then he looked appalled because he's like, would you not do the same for me? And I was like, well, if I knew you did everything that you could to save me and weren't able to, then then no, like I wouldn't haunt you because I would want you to live and go on and live your life. Because why should both of us die if if you if you legitimately can't get me out and I'll know if I if you're just like deuces then yeah, I'm going to honk the sh- honk. <laughs> I'm going to honk the <laughs> shit out of you. But if you like actually stay and try to save me and you can't, I, I don't think it's necessary for both of us to die. Yeah. 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 Right. No, that opinion? Romeo and Juliet tried. stuff is, is not romantic. You know what I mean? I mean, as long as you tried a little bit. Yeah. He's screaming from the other room right now that he will haunt the fuck out of me. <laughs> so just saying, but so he does not agree. <laughs> but. <laughs> oh my god oh what else is going on this week anything well i did want to give a follow-up to um a story that we had talked about quite a long time ago <clears throat> on the podcast let me find it real quick Do yeah so we had talked about this because i think we were all like in tears when we saw the video of the coach who stopped oh, the kid from yes. shooting oh at the school. Yeah, Ugh. there's that like CCTV footage of him like hugging him. 
and like telling him it's going to be okay and then taking the gun from him. And so he very likely prevented uh, a much larger tragedy from happening. And the coach's name was uh, Keenan Lowe. And just recently, he received the Citizen Honor Award by the Congressional Medal of Honor Society. So he got a Congressional Medal of Honor for this thing that he did. And I just thought that that was like a nice piece of good news that we could use during this really shitty time. I I got teary. I actually saw that on my news app this morning. What what I like is that he quoted, he's like, you know, teenagers... They oftentimes don't realize the consequences of their actions until after it's done. He's like, I looked at the kid and just felt such empathy for him. And I looked and the kid um, got booked into a mental health treatment program and he got three years probation because he didn't point the gun at anyone but himself. Um, And I just thought he really saved that kid's life, not just like his his mortal life, but his 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 chances for having a successful life because he only has probation instead of, you know, jail or, or anything like that. Like this kid can still, he still has opportunities and like his act is, is just so courageous in so many ways. It just really, that story gets to me. Um, yeah. And I like that that was recognized. Yeah. I love that that was recognized. And I also, I have been actively seeking out things that make me feel good about humanity right now because there's actually a lot of really good shit. And I go back and forth. I oscillate back and forth between being like, you know what? Fuck people. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> see another person. These people are shitty. Clearly, you know, um, but then there's also an equal number of stories of people being absolutely wonderful to each other during this really awful time. And um, that really does like restore my faith in, in humanity as a whole, because it really does. It brings out like the best and the worst, but I'm actually seeing a lot of the best and I'm trying to focus on that as much as I can. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Mm. I would say I get a lot of that at the, the restaurant that I work at, you know, is is still open. So when we do get people in to pick up, 90% of people are just like so fucking gracious and amazing and kind and thankful. Mm -hmm. And then you get the other 10% (laughs) who are just like, wow, holy shit. It is a minority. It is a minority. Yeah. Yeah, so I try to keep that in perspective because it's easy. Like we're we're our brains are just equipped, are hardwired for bad information or bad behavior mm-hmm. to affect us more, you know. So just trying to remember that the majority of people are have been kind and have been good, and not let that one bad apple yeah. fucking ruin. You know, this everything, is a everything. conversation that I find myself having a lot with people. Because it's something I have to remind myself of often, and that is that it's not that hate and bad things happen more. It's that we hear about it more, and it affects us more deeply, and so we feel like it's more prevalent, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Like, there have been studies done that say that, like, hate travels something like 10 times faster on the internet. So, like, negative stories will travel faster than positive stories uh, and get more attention on the internet. And also there's that whole thing within relationships 
you know, if we want to bring it back to like dating and relationships where they say that it takes five good interactions with your significant other to make up for one negative interaction. Mm -hmm. It takes five positive interactions to make up for that one because if you have one negative interaction with your significant other, that thing cuts you and it stays in your in your mind and you need five positive interactions to reassure you yeah of Mm. of your relationship it's just the way it's just the way that we are made and so it's important to like seek out (laughs) positive things during times like this especially you guys i think that we're i (laughs) i have to share something i last night came home from work because i work nights and um I got in and Eric was here and he's like, you know, we're catching up on our day. And he's like, oh, yeah, babe, I got you a present. And he goes in the cabinet and he gets out these fucking salt and vinegar potato chips, like a bag of these things. (laughs) Mm. Y'all. Did you cry? I I fucking cried. I started crying. And so then he's like looking at me like, did I just like, oh, shit. But it was so moving to me. To be with a partner who, like, to me, I took that action as, like, he was out during the day. He saw something. He's like, oh, I'm going to get that for Christina. Like, that will make her happy. And I I just never been with someone like that. And I was just, like, I just was sobbing last night. I was like, I like these chips so much. And he's like, (laughs) you're like, it's not about the chips. It's not about the chips. I mean, I I know what you mean. Like, I think we are all not to like humble brag, um, but I think we are all like lucky to have very thoughtful partners. Like last Mm -hmm. week, first of all, like I said, I was already going through like the worst of it for me during quarantine. I was also like on my period and in like so much pain. Like I was, sitting Mm. on the couch just like in so much pain and anthony was so nice to me like he's like what do you need can i heat you up some soup do you want me to bring you the heating pad can i go get you some tylenol do you need a refill on your water like it was just like the sweetest and it's those things matter so much right you have somebody who is thinking about your needs like that don't take that for granted. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I was like, I was a puddle of tears. I was so fucking moved by a bag of goddamn salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> uh, amazing. Uh, by the oh, way, this is Jesus. my worst date podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Keegan. I'm Cassie. Yay. Uh, well, who should we fuck, Mary kill this week? Uh, okay. I have an idea. Okay. All right. Because first, well, first funny story, and then I'll get into my my idea. Okay. I have been binging House. I think I b- mentioned this last week. So I started watching House because we were watching Bones, but I kind of needed something that when Chris was at work that I could binge that he nece- wasn't necessarily a part of whatever, but he enjoys because you can hop House in anytime. House fucking great. I love watching House. Mm-hmm. It's the best. And you can. You can just like hop in in any episode. There is an underlying storyline that's so easy to catch up on that like before the next episode, what I miss. Great. There you are. Yeah. Done and done. So we've been watching House and both Chris and I have been having house dreams, like dreams that involve <laughs> like weird medical shit. <laughs> so it's so funny. Like this morning I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, I don't even know. Like, but in my dream somewhere, my, I had an uncle who was a doctor and he, I had like a rash, but he said that it was a, a, a symptom of like liver, um, uh, sarc- I don't know some other big word that I was cirrhosis just like, of the liver. Yes, it was cirrhosis of the liver. That's a symptom of cirrhosis of the liver. And I was like, oh my god, which is like, okay, a house. B, I've been drinking every fucking night since war started. <laughs> yeah. So this is my deep internal dialogue telling me that I'm probably I'm like, oh shit, I gotta stop joking about getting the liver transplant. Oh <laughs> So that's been like my weird ass, like fucking core dreams have all been house based. Oh my God. So my thought was because I've been having, watching so much house, maybe we should do TV doctors. Did we yes, do this already? We oh. did. We did this. Oh shit. We did that's this right. and house was one of them. That's right. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Well that, that's we ruined. We could do different TV doctors if you yeah. have others yeah, in yeah, mind. Yeah. I think, I oh, think I we should. No others let's, in mind. let's do why don't we do the the Why hard do- ones, the fucking crazy ass doctors like Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, and <gasps> Dr. Uh, Not quite doctors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. This one's going to be yes. hard. Who, who always hate it? it. We have so Dr. Much. Phil, Dr. Oz, and what's another one of those fucking daytime Well, so far, there are people doctors. that Oprah have made famous. So you could do Marianne Williamson if you wanted. Who's <laughs> not a doctor. Who's but- that? Oh. Oh, my oh God. no. What about the show, The Doctors? Isn't there like, there's like three doctors on there or something. There's that hot guy from The Doctors. I'm going to look him up. There you go. Hold on. TV the... Doctors. I'm Googling right now. Because, <laughs> yeah, let's make it hard. Let's make it hard for us. Okay. So The Doctors. Yeah, there's that one hottie on there, too. Do-do-do-do. Travis Stork. I'm going to read his bio for you. <laughs> his last name's Stork. I hope he's an OBGYN. <laughs> There's this picture, guys. I'm showing it to you. Oh, he looks like Wonder Bread. He does. Milk oh, the wonderiest sure. of Wonder Bread. Dr. Travis Stork is a board certified emergency medicine physician and the Emmy-nominated host of award-winning talk show, The Doctors. Okay. He graduated magna cum laude from Duke University as a member of the Phi Beta Kappa and earned his MD with honors from the University of Virginia. <laughs> Me and Christina, our faces, the minute he said that, we were like, mm-mm-mm. Like but if we're talking about this guy okay. next to Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, fuck. Thank you. Like, okay. What do we do? Let's, I'm marrying this motherfucker. Are you kidding? Do, no, Wait, okay, what's his okay. name? Dr. Stork. Dr. Stork. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Why didn't he? I mean, he passed up a billion dollar opportunity to Golden be an OBGYN. <laughs> yes. How did your oh, son come? Wait, uh, okay, so I'm sorry. What him? kind of medicine? I, I'm sorry. I, I, Emergency medicine. Okay. okay. But he actually is a real medical doctor. So Okay. Well, I think Dr. Oz is too. He just... And I think Dr. Phil is... He had a doctorate. He had a PhD in psychology. He is no so. longer licensed to be a psychologist, but that is Did he? He, he was. I, I heard yeah. that he wasn't. Yes. Really? No, he was. Yes, okay. he has a PhD okay. and he is no longer licensed to practice in his state, but he does ha- he ha- he was licensed and is an actual doctor. He has a PhD. So, 
I'm not rooting for the fucking moron. I'm ki- oh, I mean, I'm going to go into it. I'm killing go. him. I'm going to kill him. You are. Okay. What? Okay. 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 Oh my God. Uh, are we going to have a fight? I think, I think this is I am be- killing Dr. Phil. Are you kidding? Like this guy. Did you hear what he said? No, oh, but Doctor Oz has said some shit too. Yeah, Doctor Oz. I, okay. It's a tough, Dr. It's a tough Phil. call. Yeah, I need I need to look this up. Yeah, you guys, look it Doctor Phil said some real shady no, I know, ass shit. I know he did, but so did Doctor Oz. Doctor Oz just recently. Well, said they some both shit did too. Yeah. Uh, he was talking. Oh, that was it. He uh, about coronavirus. He was talking about like, well, people die in car accidents, blah blah blah. But we don't, we don't shut off the whole world. Burr, 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 burr. I'm like, okay, false like comparison. Like, I hate these false comparison people who are out there like making this narrative that, you know, oh well, people die from swimming pool accidents all the time, but we don't quarantine the whole world because of it. Well, yeah, because it's not contagious, you fucking moron. Oh, yeah. Also. All right. Yeah. If we're not quarantined, like the millions of people that would die is real. Like yeah. Spanish. Okay. I also Did you flew. find the doctor? Yeah. Dr. Oz was touting that malaria, that malaria drug that like is not proven to actually do anything and he did backpedal on it but he didn't mm-hmm. backpedal on it until he got a bunch of backlash for it so i mean I and just, also too you're not a medical doctor you're i mean and not to say that like a psychology well, degree does, is, is, is less oh you mean for dr phil yeah like, right 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 like as far no, as but like it's you, irresponsible because it's like you have a huge platform of people who listen to you you can't just come out saying some wild shit that you don't well, have any real. This is your opinion. You don't have any actual knowledge of this, which it's fine for everyone to have an opinion. But when you have a base of people who believe you to be a doctor, believe the things that you are saying, you the know, next thing you know, we're going to be drinking Clorox. It causes mm-hmm. harm. It does cause harm. Um, he so does. Yeah, this is a very hard fuck, Mary kill. He does the same thing that Alex Jones does. Do you know what I mean? Where he, Dr. Oz is a fucking like shysty, like one of those old timey doctors that comes through with his miracle cures. You know what I mean? Totally. Snake oil salesman. Type. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, but so is Dr. Phil. Exactly. They're Dr. all Stork fucking is shyster. Win just because I don't know anything about him and I'm like, he looks kind of <laughs> cute and he hasn't said anything super dumb that I know of. So I'll <gasps> marry him Did you find the Dr. Oz? No, Did Do- you find the Dr. Oz crazy? Yeah, the Dr. Oz thing was just that he was touting that anti-malaria medication oh. as though it is a cure. Uh, which it's not. And he did backpedal on that. And he was like, well, yeah, okay, it's unproven. But again, and so that might not seem so bad. But again, when you have a platform like he has, where he has come out, you know who we should do instead of Dr. Stork is fucking Gwyneth Paltrow because she's doing fucking similar shit. Um, When you have this platform where people believe that you are an advocate for health, or you're an mm-hmm. actual licensed medical doctor or whatever, and you're saying shit like this as though you are confident, you're speaking very confidently as though yeah. you know what you're saying, um, it can cause serious harm to, you know, to people. So there's that. 
Dude, yeah. I, I'm i sorry. When you said that, I thought you were talking about Dr. Phil said that. No, no, no. I Dr. Get Dr. Phil okay. said the thing about some people yeah. must die, which is very dystopian. And I, I keep hearing that. And I'm like, you first. Yeah. You're old. Yeah. You go first. Um, <laughs> uh, and then Dr. Oz is the one who was talking about the anti-malaria medication. Yeah. Got it. Honestly, the thought of Dr. Phil, of his fingers, grosses me out so much. Like being like his, the idea of his touch sends bad chills down my spine. Like there's something so uniquely gross about him to me. I think he's like such a star fucker too. He seems like such a star fucker, right? Yep. <clears throat> yep. And so yep. it just, yeah, I can't, I can't, yep, I can't fuck him. I can't. We might be all on the same page on this one. We got to kill we the Dr. Are. Phil. I think. I guess. I, yes. I yeah. guess I'll fuck Dr. Oz, but I, I, I'm i going to marry Dr. Stork. I will fuck Dr. Oz begrudgingly. Uh, yeah. with I just my eyes closed. on that one too, because his, his. I'm going to pray ugh. it goes fast. His face, that's the thing. That's what gets me in kind of the middle um, here because I would not relish the idea of fucking Dr. Phil, but there is something about Dr. Oz's eyes. He does. He's got like a mesmerism situation that I don't like. It's like a crazy eyed thing that I'm like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want you inside me, sir. He looks like a true believer. He looks like one of those yes. true believer kind of yes. people where you're like I'm uh, uncomfy. Yikes. By you guys though. Him. But when I look at both of them side to side, I think that for some medical reason it would take Dr. Phil longer. Like there's something might be going on. Like he would, <laughs> he would not take him longer to get it up. Exactly. Keep it up. Mm-hmm. Like then we gotta keep going. And I feel like it would be longer. Where do like I feel like Dr. Oz men stop before you finish you all the time. So do you have to let him finish? No. For no it to constitute actual fucking, can you wow. just be like, well, we tried. Goodbye. The woman, <laughs> the hard-knocked woman in me is like, I cannot compute. I cannot compute. I- <laughs> wow, that took me to a place that I didn't understand. Wow. Well, I'm just saying, why are we right? conditioned to think that we have to go till men finish, but men aren't conditioned to think that they have to go till we finish? So why can't wow. you just walk away? If you're like, mm, you're we tried and you got soft, facts. so I'm leaving now. I've done that. Spitting facts, but that is that is so true. I've done that. Wow, good for you on dates. Yeah, I was just like, I got into a real cold spot there, like dating. Where I was just like, well, I'm done. Like it's your 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 orgasm, your job. Like, sorry, bye. Your responsibility. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But you know, I, I, the number I think, of times I could have too, like, uh, no, but I'm with you, Cassie, because that, that's I, I do believe that we are conditioned to believe that like it's not over till he's over, he's done, which is like we shouldn't and, believe that. And it and is over we, when he's done. Can we talk about real talk? Who wants to have sex for like hours? No, nobody. No. I mean, I guess nobody. somebody does. Sting does. <sighs> That tantric no. bullshit that just goes on and on. Most of the time, I'm just like, let's both get off in a reasonable amount of time and then go do another activity. And I fucking love Amen. sex. If we, I love if, sex. If we could knock, same thing, but if we could knock this shit out in 45 minutes or less, less. I would really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. If we could keep it at a 10, 
I'm, I'm there. I, I mean, I to be honest, really, it's it's kind of like a Domino's delivery pizza. I'm like, 30 minutes or less would be ideal. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Fuck me yeah. like Domino's. <laughs> God damn. God damn. 30 minutes or less. I'm here for that shit all day. Yeah. 30 but minutes I'm, really is my max. I'm tired. I mean, I really. Bored. Like I've already come absolutely 100% for sure in yeah. 30 minutes. If you can't fucking get off in 30 goddamn minutes, yeah. then I might, I'm, I am done. I'm, I, I'm about <laughs> to be done with this conversation. I am. Yeah. Oh, I'm hot. I'm like also like, you know, I can get myself off in like 45 seconds, honestly, if I want Amen. to. So if you can't get me off in 30 minutes, we there's a problem. Yeah, you're doing something wrong, and that means I've I don't want to go. Get me off longer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. all right. Well, you guys want to take five, and we'll come back with stories. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And we're back, Christina. Yay. Do you want to kick us off? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I got this one off of Reddit. Uh, he says. My roommate's girlfriend was a dancer at a strip club, and he and I would go on slow nights, get a couple drinks, and she and her coworkers would sit and hang out with us when they didn't feel like being pawed at. During the course of one of these hangouts, I struck up a conversation with a dancer who was an extremely well-educated and would-be symphony composer. She was also ridiculously hot, of course, and we just sort of clicked. It took a while since we met at the club, but I eventually got a date with her. We started our evening at a local coffee shop that was famous for having little s'mores platters with flaming sterno cans to toast your marshmallows. Fucking brilliant idea, <laughs> I love by it. the way. So I love cute. that. We got a couple lattes, a s'mores platter, and pl- proceeded to flirt. She was wearing velvet stretch pants bustier top and bolero jacket and she looked fantastic she sounds fun i kind of love that outfit i'm like oh you sound like a good time let's do this yeah. <laughs> let's have s'mores things are going swimmingly until one of the marshmallows i had on a skewer caught fire <gasps> i had a, a mouthful of scalding hot latte at the time so i panicked a little and just waved the marshmallow to put it out. It promptly sailed through the air like a flaming, sticky medi- no, meteor. Honey. <laughs> oh no! And landed on her lap. She <gasps> she looked down with horror as her velvet pants caught fire. <gasps> oh my! God. She looks at me panicking and says, do something. So I did what I could. I doused that fire with scalding hot latte. Oh, oh. honey. Oh. Oh, I feel bad for both of them oh, in this God. scenario. She went to the bathroom, returned with scorched pants and burns on her thighs. There are so many great ways that might have happened that would have been super sexy. This wasn't one of them. Let's call it a night, she said. I'm like, honey, you put her fucking job 
on the line because she burns on her thighs and shit like that. Wait, what like, did she do? She's a dancer at the club. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, and also, yeah, like, of course you're calling it a night. What do you think you're going to do? She's got burns on her thighs. You're not fucking like exactly <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen now like a long comfortable night in with putting ice on her thighs like what are you doing <laughs> no she does her fucking pants got <laughs> oh jesus i wonder how flammable velvet is prop prop i'm betting pretty like flammable actually mater- material so it just like woof, went straight up <laughs> Oh, my God. Boy. Okay, so this is an email that came in to us a while back. So I am going to read it. Um, (laughs) My story starts with a first date and ends with the second date. I met a guy on Plenty of Fish. Pause for dramatic effect because we know what that means. (laughs) He was attractive and seemed to have a lot in common with me. We decided to meet in real life. Me, being young and dumb, eagerly agreed to meet him at his house. Unbeknownst to me, I arrive and am greeted at the door by a woman and a toddler. Oh, I'm confused. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, confused is this the wrong house? And tell her who I am. She invites me in, and that's when I learn it's his ex-wife, but they live together for the kid. He stays in the basement, and she and the kid live upstairs. Already, I'm like, this is a lot. You've just, why, if this was your situation, would you have her meet you at your house? Like, meet at the bar, explain the situation so that she understands what's happening. Because to me, I'm like, all right, I don't even know you. We haven't gone on this date yet. And now I'm already feeling like this is too much baggage. Exactly. I hate it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, He then comes in from the basement and greets me with a huge smile. There's another thing. If you know she's coming over, you post yourself upstairs and you answer the door when she gets there. What are you doing? Yeah, don't make your ex-wife like deal with your fucking dates. That's weird. It's very weird. Real fuckery. She says, I'm feeling very awkward at this point, but thought, what the hell? I'm already here. We go to a bar and meet up with like 10 other people. And that's when I realize it's a bunch of couples. <laughs> we have drinks and it was a lot of fun. But then we go back to his house, go down into the basement where we start having sex. He fucking falls asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my <laughs> God, look, we just talked about how we get tired. I get all of this, but we've also we're we're in relationships. It's not a first date. Like if you like, first of all, actually, um, I've been with Anthony for almost seven years. He's never fallen asleep. Neither have I. And okay, and motherfucker can fall asleep anywhere too and 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 they can fall asleep anywhere so yeah it is a testament right (laughs) i'm concerned about his levels what are you saying about me oh my self-esteem would would never recover amen i would be so fucking offended so offended (laughs) wow Um, she says i literally got up and started getting dressed being pretty loud he wakes up and says where are you going 
Like, seriously, where do you think dude? I'm going? Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, um, what do you? I also love the passive. Every woman I feel like has done this. Maybe every person I don't know. But every woman I know has done this. The passive aggressive, like making loud noises. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Just banging yeah. pots and pans around. Yep. 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 And they're like, yep. are you okay? And you're like, I'm fine. <laughs> it's fine. With it's the fine. craziest eyes ever. This is fine. <laughs> I hightailed it out of there. Fast forward a few nights later, he calls. I stupidly answer. He asks if I will meet him at a bar in downtown St. Louis. I say, sure. I meet him and he walks in. Let me pause here to tell you that I am straight. Everywhere I look in this bar, it's guys hooking up with guys and girls hooking up with girls. I have no issue with this. It's I'm just not gay. And I didn't think that he was either. He met me in this gay bar and then proceeds to tell me that he is bisexual and sandwiches himself between me and a guy. That I tell him. Okay. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. There so here's, here's where I want to pause. With his situation at all. What is wrong is that this is shit that you fucking tell somebody before you go out on That's a right. date with them. Once this again. It's not things that you're just spring on just people. Throw in as because, a surprise. Exactly. Right. It's, it's not, it's not that I see. It's not that I would have a problem with. And I did date a couple of bisexual guys when I was dating people that were upfront about their That's preferences right. from the get go. I don't give a fuck. Do you boo? I'm all for it. But if someone's going to spring that on you, it's like, I don't know. It just, it makes it feel shady. It makes it feel weird. Yep. And then, right. then I'm like, why are you being shady or weird about this? Like, and, what? and also trying to pull you into what seems like a sexual situation that you have not agreed to or consented to. Like, Correct. that's where my issue comes in here. I mean, obviously, he should have told her just like he should have told her, hey, I'm married and I live in the basement of my my house with my wife and my kid. He should have prefaced, mm-hmm. led with that. That's something that you should tell somebody. You should also be upfront about your sexuality. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And in addition to that, give the person a heads up about not just about that, but also that clearly you're practically like making out with a guy you have her with you you obviously want this to go in a certain direction right you need to let her know that like that's what you want you know what i mean so she can make a decision you know what there's gonna be plenty of people who would have been down exactly absolutely yeah and not to say and who knows maybe she would have been down but right you have to give her a heads up that like that's what's happening because I wouldn't like to be taken by surprise like that. Like it's and it's not to say that I wouldn't be open to it, but I don't want to be taken by surprise. Well, it's no different from if he had been sandwiched between like another girl and started making out with another girl. Exactly. And fr- you know what I mean? It's just like that's right. Uh, uh, Give okay. me the option to make a choice about yeah. whether or not I want to get involved with this. I consented yeah. to go on a date with you, not with you and with somebody else. Right. Yeah. So um, she leaves. I tell him I'm leaving and he follows me out to my car and begs me to let him follow me to my house. I tell him. Sh- uh, 
she says, I clearly had plans for this not to happen. He follows me, but I lose him in traffic, which was my plan as soon as I saw him get into his car. I then promptly labeled him, do not answer on my phone. Looking back, it's hard to believe I even went on a second date, but holy shit, I was not expecting that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> love, love the podcast, girls. And uh, she is from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, yeah, awesome. that's that's the reason why. I, I mean, I told you guys I had this this conversation with Handyman. And he's just like, I don't get matches if I say what my situation is. Like, I I don't get as many matches. I'm like, but the ones that you will get are going right, to be genuine. more quality and be genuine, mm-hmm. and you don't have to deal with like it, it, it's just it's always 100% right. better to be upfront. Absolutely. And also, this is your situation. You can't put that on anybody else. Like the right. situation that you are in, you know, you might be very happy in that situation, in which case like you do you. But either way, it's a choice that you made for your life. And if it makes other aspects of your life more difficult, well, that's a choice that you made. Exactly. And everyone else deserves honesty. Yep. You should be honest so that they can make choices for their life. And you will find, again, there's 7 billion people on this fucking planet. You will find somebody right. <laughs> who's totally cool and happy yeah, to be involved in whatever your your thing is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh, man, <sighs> I, that really riled me up for some reason, that story. It did, it got you good. Yeah. Well, and then I, I think it, it, it really speaks to how riled we are about that situation that we didn't even acknowledge that this motherfucker got in his car and followed her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> true. What are you doing? Don't do that. Sir. Uh, do I need to call a local friend and get you to cut you off? Yeah, you have a date in the bar. Go hang out with him. What are you doing? Yeah. You're fine. You don't need me to. Ugh. Okay. So I've actually been sitting on the story for a couple of weeks as well, but this one um, comes from Reddit. Um, I used to work in a cafe in a rather touristy area of my capital city. So we get customers from all around the world. One day in particular, there was this girl who paid with a card and I noticed her tattoo. It was a little paper airplane with a dotted line that went from behind it around her wrist. I kind of like that. I'm like, I would totally get a paper. I I know for as much as I travel, right? I think it's cute. Can we pause and say how much I want to get a fucking tattoo during quarantine? There's something about like being stuck inside that I'm like, change all the things about my personal appearance. I've never wanted another tattoo (laughs) so badly. Like, I'm like, oh, (laughs) I know. Me too. It's all I want. I'm like, and then I think about like, oh, I need it. Oh, I can't. That's right. Nobody's open. <laughs> yeah. And you were thinking about, about like tattoo. shaving your head and stuff too. Oh, I legit have been thinking about it. Look, mm-hmm. I posted that on our Facebook group, like in somebody's comments. I'm like, I have that Chelsea haircut. I've been thinking about that Chelsea haircut real, real hard. I, I high key want to go blonde after this. That's how I'm feeling. So there, there we are. <laughs> I high key want to keep my hair. So I'm going to stay dark for a while longer because, oh. Blonde is so high maintenance. It's such a fucking chore. Um, anyway, boop, 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 boop. Oh, I compliment her on it. And we are chatting when my shift was over and we hit it off really nice. She was American. I lived in America for a while and took a, and it took off from there. I really liked this girl and she gave me her phone number. We planned to meet at a chain coffee shop outside of the city center the next day. 
I could tell something was off because when I got there, her her drink was half empty already and I had gotten there early. And I remember it was extra weird because she had ordered water with limes, big, thick, fucking lime pieces that were easily taking up half the volume of the cup. Whatever, fucking weirdo. that's not her fault that's that's the restaurant's fault why the fuck were they cutting half a lime and putting it in her drink so weird (laughs) and i'm certain that she like probably asked for it that way like that's hilarious that he's like so offended by the fact that she was like i want like a half a class of limes (laughs) (laughs) so i sit down and she doesn't even wait until i've taken a sip of my cup before she tells me she is with world ventures she asks if i have heard of them before and i say no, no and she looks no, sad no, i guess no no i bet angry. you she's been there all day fucking back-to-back fucking meetings back-to-back <laughs> dates trying to rope people in for this shit fuck you <laughs> what is this, this like a fucking timeshare thing or something what is that so it's like an mlm Oh, Jesus She pulls Christ. out a fucking iPad with a video already loaded into it <laughs> and presses play. <laughs> One of the first things in the video done. said is, this is not a pyramid scheme. Christ, the video goes on. You might, people- you might as well say this is 100% a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I know. My God. <sighs> and it's... People holding signs saying, you should be here. And that traveling while one of these blue signs is in your backpack is better than just traveling normally because reasons? The video goes again to or goes on to say that this is not a period pyramid scheme. But if you can get three other people to join the cult, you will be a platinum member or something. Basically, it's a group of gullible idiots who travel in a pack of gullible idiots to places and pose with instagram photos with ugly ass blue signs it and reminds they give me money. of that episode of the office where michael scott is talking to um john krasinski and he's like it's not a pyramid scheme and he was like why don't you draw a shape around it and he draws a shape around it and it's a triangle <laughs> and he's like what does that look like and he's like a pyramid. <laughs> I just like, I just, I will watch any documentary about people yeah. in MLMs. It is fucking fascinating to me. Like that. My aunt is in so one good. now and she keeps trying to recruit people on Facebook. And my mom is like, oh, I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm like, mom, please. No. It's so please awkward. It is so fucking awkward. You know, if you Ugh. if you got a Facebook message from a girl from your high school who you have not spoken to since graduation. Mm-hmm. It's an MLM. She, I guarantee you she's about to offer you a great new opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be Darren some God sort of like teed. skin care or leggings or what have you. No, yeah. thank you. Ugh. At the end, at the end of the video, she's doing an Arbonne uh, party at my house a couple Ooh. years ago. Oh, yeah. Ago. <laughs> you told us about that. That's shit. Uh, funny enough, though, there is a product from them that I tried that actually was legit. It was I will say the good. product I, I bought did work. It did work, but I won't buy from them because MLMs are predatory, and so I they won't are. buy. That's right. Exactly. There, are, there are lots of good. There are actually lots of good products from MLM right. companies. 
that it's work the company but, scheme but i will not purchase from them because their behavior is so predatory and it bumped right. me out because that arbon product i bought for cellulite it did work yeah at the end of the video she asked me what i thought now, I couldn't tell her what I actually thought, which was that I definitely wouldn't fuck her anymore, <laughs> that I hated what people <laughs> like her stood for. But instead, I put what was left of my drink down and said I had to go because I had a family emergency and walked into a shop a few doors down. He dick embargoed her. He's like, no, they He's didn't. like, I hate what yeah, you stand for. And so my dick is closed. I love like, that. No, thank you. I love that. <sighs> so good. Oh All my right. god! All right, are you guys ready for my crazy in love? I am. Which I so know I'm excited. I know both of you know. So I got inspired to do this one because this week I started watching uh, Belgravia on Epics, which is like the new. Is like, it great? It's Downton Abbey with new characters and a new story. It's fucking fantastic. It's awesome. so great. I actually, I'm going to say after how much I've watched, I'm actually enjoying it more than Downton Abbey. Ooh, okay, that's okay. that's that's aggressive. Okay. It is aggressive, but I am loving the story. I am loving yeah. the characters. I'm really really into it. It is Fucking, it started off with a bang. It did start off with a bang, like right off the gate. I was like, I am in. This story has everything. Has everything. So another thing that is taking place in Belgravia, London, is the story of Lucky Lucan. Do you guys know Lucky Lucan? <gasps> I do. Why do I know that? Why do I know that? Lucky Lucan. Lucky. You'll it recognize it. Super when familiar I get into to it. me. I know I feel, that. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna know it once once you get into it. Yeah, Richard John Bingham is the seventh, or was, depending on what you believe, is or was the seventh Earl of Lucan, and he was born uh, December eighteenth, nineteen thirty four. He did all the usual upper class. British shit where he's like went to Eton and then the army and then like uh, got a job at like a merchant bank like job in quotes. He just got money for being, you know, himself. Um, but he was like, I don't I love that shit. I just did an episode of um, Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist where I was talking about Eleanor Roosevelt and she was talking about her dad and she's like, he was a sportsman. And I'm like, you mean he didn't have a job because he right. was an aristocrat and so he hunted and that's what he did yeah. for funsies. <laughs> and you guys have to say that he did something. So you're right. Like, exactly. He was a sportsman. <laughs> so he was like, he's like, ah, I don't want to be a banker. And something that like started during his um, days in the army that just stuck with him was uh, gambling. He really, really liked it. He um, ended up getting this really big payout um, playing a game called Chemin de Fur. I never heard of this game before. It sounds super, super rich. Sounds like something I was about rich to say, people I think, do. I think we should learn how to play it. We have the time now. <laughs> yeah. We're in quarantine. We should learn all the old timey card games. Like Baccarat. <laughs> I want to learn how to play bridge. Oh, I know how to play Baccarat. it. It's fun. But um, let's do it. So 
so he's like, you know what? I'm going to be a professional gambler because I got this huge payout of 40,000 pounds. So I'm soups good at gambling. And that's what I am now. I'm lucky <laughs> fucking Lucan. I, I'm a professional gambler. If you have to give yourself the nickname Lucky, I don't think you are. I don't think you're as lucky as you think you are. Hey, guys, uh, I would like you to call me by my new name. That's Lucky. <laughs> so he he meets this beautiful woman like at a golf thing um, in 1963. Her name's Veronica Duncan. They kind of hit it off and they get married and things seem to be going well at first. They're really happy. She gets pregnant with their first daughter, Frances. And basically, um, if gambling is a job, then Lucky was both really fucking great at it and really awful at it at the same time because he fucking put the hours in. He did the work. Well, that's gambling for you. That's <laughs> he, gambling he for you. He showed ya. up. It's like, he's like, he's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> rolled out of bed <laughs> i mean but like, that's that's like bad. that's what gambling is that's what makes it like so tricky is because you'll be like i'm great at this because you win a lot and then you lose a lot and you're like never mind i'm terrible at this because that's gambling yeah so he <laughs> that's gambling he what he has to do so like gambling in those days he would go to this place called the claremont club that was run by a friend of him called john aspinall john aspinall is like this guy who got rich basically from all of his friends he like ran this club and of course he's the house and the house makes money none of his fucking friends do but he used all the money to like uh purchase a zoo so he's like he's like the tiger king of of england <laughs> This 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 will come this will come into play later. Is this important? He's like Carol fucking Baskins. Oh, you guys, high key. I'm gonna learn that TikTok Carol Baskin dance. I'm learning. Oh it. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, John Aspinall's like, listen, you love gambling. You're also uh, an earl, so like, it's cool that you hang out here. Why don't you deal? Baccarat and I'll give you a percentage of of the bank you know but the problem is that Lucky had that one big break but then like was just shit he was shit at gambling so like the bank started losing money I believe he is unlucky it's like you win one time and you win a lot of money because you had like one lucky hand right and then it's Mm -hmm. like no actually you don't have skills you just got lucky. <laughs> One it. time. Exactly. Once. So, you know, Veronica's getting a little bit like fed up with this. She has to go every night with him and sit in something they called the widow's alley and just watch him gamble and like lose all of their money. And she's like, well, this sucks. And then she also yeah, you got me twisted. This this goes on for years. Like they also end up having two more kids. So this is like in the sixties in London. They're really rich. She ends up getting like postnatal depression and has to go and sit and watch her husband gamble like every night. Ends up being like, I, 
I mean, I just think of that kind of life and I'm like, she was like first started to, um, wanting to be like supportive wife, like, oh yeah, this is my husband and stuff. And then I think of how resentful, like how much resentment had to build year after year of doing this. So things start to deteriorate in their marriage. Things start to go bad. She is seeing his gambling going overboard and his debts start to pile up. And so she starts to like lash out at him. And so he gets doctors to come to the house. And here's where I think he um, I already is actually I famous for inventing gaslighting. Um, people don't know that, but uh, I'm going to go out and say fucker. it. <laughs> it's just like, you're all crazy. I'm going to say, I'm going to call it right now. If she kills him in the end, I'm going to be all right with it, I think. Same. So he's he's Ready like, you're, you're crazy. And he hires doctors to put her on a bunch of pills. And um, so he just fanned the fucking flames. Have we not discussed this? It's like, if you are upset, there is nothing. Gaslighting worked on me. Whenever I was younger, now that I am the age that I am now, if a motherfucker tries to gaslight me or tell me that I'm crazy when I know I'm not, I am going to explode on you. Yeah, like exactly. Wrath that you are about to feel you are not prepared for. I guarantee you. Right, right. Well, and Mm. they are just like living this lifestyle. Dude, uh, so I watched, I want to say I got the majority of my information from this documentary called Lord uh, Lucan, My Husband, The Truth. And it is uh, like late 70s uh, Lady Lucan telling the story. And it's fucking fascinating. But she's talking about being a mom and she was saying she's like hey you know she's so ambivalent towards her kids they had nannies for them she said she spent maybe five minutes a day with her kids she's like that's the kind of parenting i'm can sign up for (laughs) and then she's like she's like um the only one i really liked was camille (laughs) was like Jesus. Imagine being the other kids. You're just like fucking really like, She's look, a- man, I understand that that's kind of the way that parenting was done back then. Yeah. And also, if you did have any kind of like postnatal depression or anything like that, like if it, it, it definitely wasn't being acknowledged or taken care of properly. Mm-hmm. So I can see. Yeah, sure. Like your bonds to your children are different. But holy shit, dude. Yeah. That come right out with 60s, your chest. Not to say 1860s. it like that. She goes, she goes, Camille always had interesting things to say. And she like goes off and then she's, she's like, she's a child. <laughs> she's like George I don't think ever really liked me the way a mother should like his son and she's like and Francis's nanny turned her against me it's fucking wild I'm like you guys have to see stills of this documentary of this woman she is rich people the most rich British person ever that I've ever seen are so wild they exist on a, a, a plane that I can't even fathom like that kind of like <laughs> it, 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 uh, it's so bizarre <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes like ever I'm like dude your mom damn oh 
cold-blooded. Savage. So, no she just shit. fucking burned the shit out of you and you're 12 yeah. years old. Like, she just yeah. burned the fuck out of you. So, like, she's she's on a bunch of pills and f- finally, like, their marriage deteriorates to a point where Lord Lucan, like, moves out. But then they start this bitter, bitter custody battle for the kids. And it's so funny because... When you see like interviews and stuff about them, it does seem like neither one really fucking wanted the kids, but they just had to win. Yeah, look at pictures of them. Look how fucking I, I think that they're actually real cute. They're really His mustache cute. scares me, but other than that, they look great. Yeah. So like, but this- I feel like that was very common, Christina. Like people not really wanting the kids that they have. And or not being able to bond with them properly. Because some people don't necessarily like want kids, but then they have them and then they develop a bond with them because that's biology. But if you don't really want them and then you have them and then you give them off to a nanny right away, you don't have like that. That biology doesn't kick in. That's right. You know what I mean? You don't connect. Yeah. So it, it, it almost seemed like both of them just wanted to win. They wanted to win the battle. And what uh, Lord Lucan would do would be to um, call her up and egg her on to, so she would have an emotional reaction and she didn't know he was secretly taping her. So then it was like this court battle, like she's crazy. She can't be trusted Ugh. with the kids. But meanwhile, motherfucker's losing so much money gambling and now he's also losing so much money in court and custody and all this shit. So he wasn't really well off to begin with, but he's definitely not well off now. Motherfucker doesn't like have I a job. On like, I feel like I saw this on like a crime to remember or something. Like I think I saw yeah. this on mm. one of those those shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and also that it's like. Is this the 1960s equivalent of your husband who just sits at home and plays video games all day? Is it the same? Yes. Yes. Because yes. like you're just like, fuck, dude, get a fucking job. <laughs> like, get a do job. Something. <laughs> Gambling exactly. is not your job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seal so, more Baccarat. Stop playing squash a bowl. Or whatever so, it is that you're <laughs> playing. Shemindifer. Please invent a game called Squashimal now. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually wins. She wins the custody battle and she gets to keep the kids. And Because it's the 1960s and it doesn't matter if you like your kids because you're the mom. And that's, yes, how, that, that's, that's right. how that works. But the, that's right. the stipulation was that she had to have a nanny. With her, so it was just yet another thing for dude face oh, to pay for. So November, oh, it's kind of funny to me because it's like the judge was like, "Neither one of you should have kids. Can we please have an intermediary? Can we have somebody, a third party, exactly. to like step in and make sure you guys aren't fucking these kids up too much?" Right. <laughs> so it's November 1974 at this point. So like they're divorced and and all this stuff and she is living with the kids in Belgravia section of London soups posh v posh and um you fancy right her nanny Sandra Rivet had been their nanny for only nine weeks 
And it's like around nine o'clock and um, she asks Veronica if she wants a cup of tea. She's going to make a cup of tea. And Veronica's just in her master bedroom with Francis watching TV. She's like, yeah, that'd be great. And so time goes by. She's like, where's my fucking tea? It's taking way too long for this bitch to make tea. TikTok, bitch. (laughs) Where's my goddamn tea? (laughs) And so she's like, goes downstairs to to check it out. And she notices it's very dark, very dark downstairs. So she's like, this bitch isn't making tea in the dark. So she calls out for her. And suddenly she gets hit on the fucking head four times hard and so a struggle ensues she's struggling at the top of the stairs and everything like that and she starts to scream and the guy says shut up and then she recognizes his voice and it's her husband and so the guy fucking sticks hands down her throat and tries to gouge out her eyes and she's struggling she grabs him by the fucking balls and then he falls back she falls down into him and she goes please don't kill me john and they're both sitting there and she's like where's sandra and he goes she's in the basement she's dead please don't go look oh he killed the servant yes and so what a piece of trash so she didn't do shit she didn't even get her tea. Yeah. She's just trying to get by. So in that moment, Lady Lucan is like, thinks fast. And she's like, I have to try to appeal to his psychology. And she goes, what should we do with the body? <laughs> and he's like, I, I don't know. He's like, do you have sleeping pills? And she's like, yes. And he, so he takes her. He grabs her and takes her upstairs And she's like, I just want to lay down. So he puts a towel on the pillow of her bed and has her lay down. And he goes into the washroom to wash up. Meanwhile, Francis was in the room. So saw her father and her her father's like, go to bed, Francis or whatever. So sent Francis to her own room. Her mom's. I can't believe she even had Francis in the room. I'm surprised it was Camille. I know. Exactly. (laughs) So fucking Veronica's face is covered in blood because she's been hit like with with a fucking pipe in the back in the head four times. Her, the her big face. balls on Lord Lucan to hit right. her in the head and still believe her when she's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's let's, fine. Let's formulate a plan. And so she she's thinking in her head like he's going to make her take a bunch of sleeping pills or he's. And then he's going to finish the job in my sleep. So when he turns the tap on to wash the blood off of himself, she fucking bolts out of the house, runs down the street to a pub called the Plumber's Arm. And she's like, I've been attacked. kids. Yes, exactly. Could that be a more British name for a pub either? (laughs) The The Plumber's plumber's Arm. (laughs) So she's like, I got fucking attacked like he's still in the house blah 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 the police come he's gone that's the thing she's like it was my husband so they go to try to find Lord Lucan manhunt ensues the next day no one has seen him they find a car that he had borrowed from his friend like he didn't need he had his own car but for some reason had borrowed his friend's car 
and they found it abandoned with the fucking bloody pipe in the trunk and no one has seen or heard from Lord Lucan since. So this is why it's such an enduring mystery in England. It's like, what fucking happened to Lord Lucan? And there have been people that are like, I saw him in South Africa. I saw him in America. I saw him in Australia. That sort of thing. Because it was his car was left at a port city. And so a lot of people think he like hopped on a ferry and went to France. And that his rich friends helped him escape justice. Because what happens next is like everyone's looking for him. Lady Lucan is like, he fucking attacked me. He killed the nanny, blah, 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 blah. Inquest happens and they do pronounce him guilty. Um, he is actually the last person in England that they do that with, that they hold a trial without someone being him there being to there. defend himself. Um, and so he's the last person convicted that way. And he was convicted. Um, but there's so many fucking conspiracy theories about Lord Lucan. And that's why, you know, I've seen so many of them. And so we'll go through like some of the crazy ones now. Okay. These infuriate me. Like, I think that they're so fascinating, but like unsolved cases mm -hmm. give me so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> because I'm like, I just want to know. And I want this, I, I want this person to come to justice like so badly. And it right. probably will never, ever happen. Right. So like the number one accepted theory of what happened to Lord Lucan is that he committed suicide. Um, he was able to, they traced his movements after the house to a friend of his named Susan Maxwell Scott, who she said he told her that he happened to be walking by Veronica's house and saw her getting attacked and interrupted the attacker and then said, but I think she's going to blame me for it. And like, so that's oh, why I got to fuck you. Fuck mm. you, Susan. What's her name, Susan? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Susan. Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. Like there's. It, it, okay. The simplest <sighs> explanation is usually the correct, correct. explanation. You're Occam's telling me. Razor. You happen yes. to be walking by. <laughs> You happen to be walking by just crazy random happenstance. Oh, look, I find myself in front of my ex-wife's home, whom I hate. And mm -hmm. oh, just at this exact moment, she happens to be getting attacked by someone. And also, I'm not going to go to the authorities or do anything because I'm afraid she's going to blame me for it. So I'm going to skip town and never surface again. Yeah. There's okay. just too, I mean that tracks. There's too much evidence against him. Like even Francis was like, I fucking saw him. He had like blood on his hands. And he I really hope that child said it like that. She's like, No, I fucking saw him. He was fucking <laughs> here. Saw fucking blood <laughs> on his hands. <laughs> yeah, in a British accent though, so it sounds soups posh. But um <laughs> she also was like, Oh yeah, dad asked me if uh if the nanny was gonna be working and like found out her schedule and she actually was supposed to be off that day 
and her schedule rearranged. And so that's why I'm like, mm. Nanny got killed totally by accident. Like he must have. I also hate this because it's so much of a dismissal of lower class people. Like, and it pisses exactly, me off. Totally. Like that exactly. nanny was expendable to you because she didn't mean anything because of who she was. And like right. that is infuriating. Exactly. It's expendable to this story. Like the fact that we are literally more concerned about this woman getting hit in the head, the child, all this other stuff. And Mm -hmm. this woman is such an afterthought. It's horrible. It really is. It really is. And it's just like, she's just wrong place, wrong time. Cause I'm convinced because there's no sign of forced entry and he had keys to the place. So I'm like, he fucking let himself in. he happened to just happen to be walking by. Yeah. Yeah, and he fucking thought it was thought it was her. Like in the dark, must have thought it was her and fucking attacked. Or if he didn't think it was her, was like, "Well, I'm here to kill my wife, and I've got to kill the other yeah. adult in the house too in order to get away with it." Like she's not supposed to be here. So, I think that that's probably what it was. Witness. But again, that's like looking at a human life as though it's it's just a problem it, to be solved. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then exactly. the fact that nobody, it seems like the media, of course, for the time, probably even still nowadays, if it was, if we were dealing with high profile people, I mean, look at the OJ case, you know, yeah. it's like we only ever talk about Nicole. We only ever talk about mm-hmm. Nicole because of who they were. And so you look at the papers or like anything that's written about this case and it's just like how little is actually focused on the murder victim. Right. Like right. very little, you know what I mean? Because there's all this other drama to do with these like rich fucking people. So mm-hmm. people think it's suicide because he also, while he was at Susan's house, he wrote letters. He wrote um, letters to um, his brother-in-law and another close friend of his that read kind of like suicide notes, like tell my children, like I didn't do this and that I love them and blah, blah, blah. But the problem is, like, you can't hide your body when you commit suicide. So where the fuck is his right. body? Um, which is why... I for- mean, maybe he jumped into a river or something like that. Like, there mm-hmm. could have been something where mm-hmm. his body would go missing. But he also seems like the kind of person who, is, if he was going to kill himself, I kind of feel like he would do it so that he would be found. Right. Yeah. It's really fucking weird. So that's why... That's part of the reason why people are like he's still alive because his body has never been found. And there was an exhaustive search for him that like they have searched for his body. At the beginning of this episode, I was talking to you guys about that dateline that I watched and that guy, he like went and he created an entirely new identity for himself as a teenager in the eighties. Yeah. And so if he had died without being caught, he would have died as someone else and no one would have questioned it, I don't think. Right. Um, or maybe they would have when he died, but who's to say? So in the 1960s, it's totally believable that he yeah. also could have just like fucked off, changed, found a way to change his identity. And so it's not to say that he's still alive, but if he died, he maybe died with a completely different identity and no one will ever know. Correct. So... um. The other theory is that he owed so much to people at the Claremont Club that his, um, some of them being people with like gang affiliations or whatever you called gangs in England in the 60s, probably some other word I'm not thinking of, but um, (laughs) that they killed him and fed him to John Aspinall's tigers. So I'm like, 
he, he might have gotten Carol fucking Baskins. <laughs> they cover him in in sardine oil, just like head to toe sardines. <laughs> so that that is another theory, of course that that's that's run amount. And um, John Aspinall says of that, I feed my tigers much better quality meat. Ooh, ah, sick, sick burn, burn. The burn. Sick I burn. love the like. I love the aristocracy, like English burns, where they're just like they're like. I'm gonna be really classy about it, but I'm also gonna burn you to hell and back. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's like I'd rather bless your heart from across the pond. You know, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Is. I love it. And so, um, the other theory, and one that is gaining traction as of January of this year, is that Sandra had a son that she gave away for adoption, and this son has spent his life and a significant amount of money and private investigators tracking down Lord Lucan, and him and Scotland Yard are seriously pursuing somebody in Perth, Australia that has been living as a Buddhist. And so right now it's not confirmed, but they're investigating the possibility that this dude is Lord Lucan and that he's oh, been in Australia. Shit. So there might be like an update to it, but that's that's what put it into Fingers my head. I was like crossed like I need closure I I have a hard time there are people like when you're listening to my favorite murder for instance like Georgia really likes unsolved murders like that's that's her thing and it fills me with so much anxiety like I'm like I don't like this I don't like not knowing I don't like knowing that this injustice happened and this family will never get justice I fucking hate it so I'm like I would love it if they fucking find him please please Well, the rest of the story, and this is Veronica ends up um, losing custody of the kids after the attack to her brother-in-law, and the kids go on to be raised by the brother-in-law, and she, she doesn't talk to them for 35 years. She's just like, well, it didn't work out that whole thing and what so like she's like watch the interview this fucking documentary is bananas she's like i ran into george one time at a park but that was it they found her in 2018 in her apartment she had overdosed on on pills and her will she had left her children nothing she gave it all to a homeless shelter so yeah but in 19, or wow. no, just recently, they finally petitioned and got, um, George is now the eighth Earl of Lucan. So he, they finally like- Got his title. Per- yeah, got his title and everything like that and declared him dead. But this this new recent thing that he might still be alive is the latest news. So- Wow. That is the story. If he outlived her- Oh my god! Yeah, Can you fucking imagine. Yeah, he'd be in his eighties now. Cause she was eighty in twenty eighteen, and he was three years older than her. So he'd be yeah, in his eighties. If he took if he took care of himself, he very well could still living that alive, monk life. You know? Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. the story says the guy's living as a Buddhist in like a communal house, which I'm like, fucking wild. Wild. Hmm. Wild. So, yeah. Oh, my God. 
Yikes. There's, there's my Belgravia story for you Jesus for today. Jesus Christ. Nice. <laughs> nice. Fucking rich people wow. are crazy. Like rich so people crazy. stories are fascinating to me because it's a it's such a world apart from the world that I live in. Mm-hmm. That anytime I hear things like this, I'm like, huh. <laughs> huh. What must that be like? I know. I wish I could be a professional gambler. I wish that was my job. That's just a sportsman. You know you're sportsman. just a sportsman. That's your job. <laughs> you know like, you know, I, like a, sport, a sportsman. I'm oh. a you know what socialite. I was thinking of. I, um, I was like, I really wish there was a duck. So Christina and I will relate to the story. I would, I'd imagine because we grew up in central Ohio where the Hopewell Indians were a big thing. And those were the mound builders. Mm-hmm. And I was looking this week because I love archaeology and I'm like, I really wish that there was like a deep dive or like one of these programs would do like they do on like the Aztecs and all these things like on the mountain builders because they're so fascinating and there's so much to be learned and there's so much to be learned about the mounds that they built and you know, you know what, what the truth is behind them, why they were built, etc. Yeah. Um, And that's where my head's been all week. So it's funny that you're talking about like, you know, if I had all the money, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if my job was to be a sportsman, my job would be to make a documentary about the mound builders. That's so (laughs) awesome. I love that. I think it's, I think it's fun to have that exercise of like, yeah, if we did have a lot of money, like what would we do with that money? Because Mm -hmm. I do feel like, there is something to be said about people who weren't raised with a lot of money who suddenly come into it. And I do think that we are more likely to do something like really cool with it because yeah. it's, mm-hmm. you know, we spend all this time thinking about like, oh, what would I do if I had this much? Yeah. And I have things on my list for sure that I'm like, I've got stuff that I would love to have solved or looked into yeah. that I would yes. love to put money towards, you know? Shit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would just be a documentary filmmaker, I think. Like, we would just go around solving crimes and archaeology mysteries. And And building a compound in New Mexico with homes adjoining each other's. Yes, of course we would. Yeah. Yeah. No, this. I don't see where this is weird at all. At all. (laughs) So many goats. (laughs) I I don't want to take care of the goats. I want one horse. I want one cow. And then like several goats. I'm like, I think we could do it. <laughs> goats. Are I awesome. don't want to be involved in any of the farm activities. That's what I will say. Well, I would say I told Anthony because my family were ranchers and he's like, we could be ranchers. And I'm like, no, we couldn't because we will get attached to every cow and mm-hmm. then we will not be able to do what is necessary. So we have one cow for milking and we have one horse for riding and we have several chickens for eggs and we never eat meat again that's what we do (laughs) i don't even think that i i don't i don't even like riding horses like i I don't riding horses i just i don't even weigh that much even right now after gaining back every penny of every cents i've ever lost um i at my heaviest would still feel weird riding a horse even at my lightest i've felt i just feel weird like i know it's not your job i I, I grew up i grew up with ranchers and and farmers and so riding riding horses for me is like not an issue like it they're bred for it at this point so like that doesn't 
doesn't bother me, but I could never. I was with my great grandfather. He would take me on. Um, he had a ranch, and he would take me in the mornings to go like do things. And so I saw some of the things that happened to these cattle, and I was like, I could never. I and I understand. I understand it, but I could never do it. So I'm like, if I own my me. own homestead. We are going vegetarian and we're eating a lot of fucking eggs. <laughs> so many eggs. eggs. Yes. So many eggs. Well, what are you Which guys? Is not vegetarian, but <laughs> what are you guys watching this week? Okay. So I feel like I owe it to the listeners to weekly give them an update on my YouTube uh, journey. Mm-hmm. So uh, as far as that goes, I started watching John McLean's videos. And John McLean is a English makeup artist, but he is the most, I don't even know how to describe it. He is like otherworldly in a way that like I can't describe. Like the way that he talks um, is fascinating and i can't describe it everyone should just if you're interested if you're like interested in that go look at his his videos because if i if anyone was ever like an immortal vampire that just made it somehow into the 21st century and wants to relay his expertise onto the world it is this person he doesn't even call his videos videos on youtube he calls them films First of all, and then the way he talks, he doesn't even say films. He says like films. They're like films. And I'm like, oh, my God. I no, fucking I hate love this. You. Oh, no, I love him. He's amazing. You should go watch it. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Okay. So John McLean, go watch those. Um, so that's my YouTube recommendation for the week. But I also have started. I finished Ozark, which was fucking amazing. I can't stop talking to Anthony. Because there's a line in that show where she's talking, Ruth is talking to Laura Linney, and she's like, what are you going to do, you fucking bitch wolf? And now that's what I say to Anthony all the time. I call him a bitch wolf. (laughs) What are you going to do, you fucking bitch wolf? Like, all the time. And it's amazing. Oh, my Um, God. And then I started McMillions. And uh, it's really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm uh, I'm watching Belgravia. I've I fucking love it. I love it so much so far. It's like literally brought me so much joy um, when I started watching it because it, it does. It's so reminiscent of Downton Abbey. It's the same except for different story and different characters, but Time otherwise period. the same. And yeah, yeah. but yeah, Time I period. love it. So definitely recommending people watch that. I didn't go down any YouTube rabbit holes this week, though. It was kind of kind of crazy. But yeah, that's where I'm at. What about you, Cass? I, Chris and I finished watching uh, Making the Cut on Amazon, which was amazing. And I love fashion so much. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I was hoping the other person would win, but both of them were amazing. And literally was like, I'd wear that. I'd wear that. I'd wear that. Nice. <laughs> so it was really cute. Do you I, ha- like, I liked it. How much has quarantine made you want to online shop? Like, I haven't bought a lot of things, <gasps> oh but the God. number of yes. websites a I have visit, like, I visited, like, looking at clothes, <laughs> I'm like, for why? Like, where am I going to wear it's that a- to? <laughs> like, nowhere, but I want to buy things problem. so badly. 
all I want to do. In fact, um, I'm literally staring at a dress that I bought for our friend, one of our friends, Mackenzie, because I saw on Rent the Runway, there was this, they were doing like a flash sale. And I was like, oh my God, this dress is so fucking her. It's like off the shoulder. So, you know, if yeah. nobody knows who we're talking about, but anybody who knows our friend Mackenzie knows that's like her look. And I was like, I have to get this for her. Like, I, that's the kind of level of online shopping I'm at right now. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I know. Not even for I, myself. I just put like a bunch of different masks in a cart, like face masks <gasps> that have like different shit written on them. And I'm like, yes, I need this. <laughs> I signed up for Ipsy. Thanks a lot. Oh, shit. I would have sent you a link. They keep bugging me to like get my friends to sign up for Ipsy. So if anybody else is interested, please let me know. <laughs> there there we go. Like a, a link. Yeah. For- I did like the the medium one, like not the $12. I did the 25 because why not? I can always change it. Yeah. Who am I? I liked no, Ipsy I liked back it. when I, I had it. I did my first month and yeah, it was it was great. I'm doing the $12, but I could up it because they gave me a moisturizer I really liked, but it was in like literally the size of a quarter the container so i'm like done with it already but yeah, yeah. ipsy's great they're not sponsoring us by the way no yeah yeah not yet <laughs> <laughs> well if you've got stuff that we should watch you've got stories to tell you just want to reach out and say hello go to our one-stop shop of a website it's myworstatepodcast.com um, as always we really appreciate you listening uh now more than ever and we appreciate the community that we have. And we just, we love you so much. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.